We are back on the block here on 93.7. The ticket, myself, Jake Bakovin, and Eric Strickland, the longtime Husker, well, a longtime NBA vet and Husker Hall of Famer, I should say. Uh, also going to be joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here in a second. Break down some of what's going on in Husker baseball, uh, Husker football, and Husker basketball. A lot of stuff going on across the sports uh, landscape over there at the university. So let's go ahead and bring him on now. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, how are you doing today? Hey guys, doing well. What's going on? Oh, not too much. We're just, uh, you know, recovering from another basketball loss, which I suppose we can get to in a second. But we want to start off uh, with the Husker baseball team. Not much better news as we kind of recap what happened uh, over the weekend, falling to one and three in their four-game series uh, with Sam Houston. Um, obviously, the Nebraska athletic department isn't riding too many highs um so maybe it kind of just kind of gets thrown in there but uh why should we separate that start with the husker baseball team and, and some of the other um shortcomings with uh, the husker athletic department lately <laughs> well you know for one thing uh there are still 52 regular season baseball games to go ahead of the big 10 tournament and everything so you know, I think what you kind of get accustomed to as a fan, uh, you follow football and basketball, you have, you know, 12 football games, right around 30 basketball games. And, and when you have 56 baseball games, there's, a, I think, a temptation to put a ton of weight on each one, right? And then you get frustrated with it. And I think the way that, that football and basketball have gone, uh, there's probably a little bit less patience right now for struggles the way that the baseball team opened up. But... You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they respond because it wasn't just one thing that held them back last week. It was some pretty shaky defense. It was uh, an offense that struck out a ton, I think 43 times in four games. Uh, it was starting pitching that didn't really give them any length or quality innings to speak of. And so all of that sort of snowballed into these, uh, you know, these three losses in four games. But, you know, again, like, this was a team that everybody at the preseason thought would contend to win the Big Ten. That would be a regional team. Um, you know, you have bad weekends at times. Typically, mid-February uh, baseball games where northern teams travel, you're not always going to be all that sharp. Plus, I think it's possible that Sam Houston might actually be pretty darn good, the way that they uh, upset another top-five team last night in Oklahoma State. So, uh, you know, again, not the best start that you're looking for, but there's a long way to go. And I think, you know, this this program in the last handful of years has sort of earned the benefit of the doubt that they're going to figure some things out here. And, and they're going to have a great opportunity this weekend against the top 20 TCU team. So if they go out and uh, clean up a lot of what ailed them last weekend, I think uh, you can sort of chalk opening weekend up to some growth pains. Do you think that... Yeah, Evan, I okay. think real quick, I think that's something you just said because I, I remember that one of the last times we talked and we, we kind of prefaced that is that that Sam Houston team has always played the Huskers tight. And they're and, and I think you might be onto something. They may be better than what you actually think they are. It's not just that was gonna be their show up down there and they're gonna walk away with a sweep. I didn't I didn't envision that. But so I, I just wanted to reference that we did talk about that and so this isn't a shock to me that that could have happened. So well, no. I mean, I mean, their their program, their their coach uh, is a former Husker, Jay Sirianni. He's been a really good assistant. Uh, you know, Sam Houston's a program that in 2017 went to a super regional. I mean, they were a win away from 
going to the College World Series, and they're they're located, you know, in the Houston area, and, and have a great recruiting base out there to draw talent from too. So, you know, it's not the big name program. They didn't have a ranking next to their name, but I, I really do think when we look back in a few months, uh, and, and again, Sam Houston's schedule is set up to to where they can make some noise. I mean, they play some really difficult non-conference teams, and so we're going to find out quick. But I, I do think, uh, you know, long term, even get, just getting the one win down there in the end could actually end up helping Nebraska's postseason resume. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting, especially from the Big Ten play where you don't have too many ranked teams, kind of what they do with their non-con schedule. As you mentioned, TCU's the, the next team, uh, the next go-around. Does the, the non-con schedule lighten up a little bit after that uh, for Nebraska, or is it, uh, is it pretty loaded this year? Well, uh, I mean, Long Beach State is their home opener, and right now they're number 12 in the country. I mean, they went just they just went down to Mississippi State and took two or three from the defending national champions. So that first weekend at Haymarket Park suddenly is looking really interesting. And I think the more that uh, even even just after one weekend, I think you can look at Nebraska's schedule and start to see, man, this thing actually could be pretty front loaded. I mean, again, we don't know how good Sam Houston might end up being. TCU. Uh, has been a national seed the last couple of years, um, and, and that, that's going to be a great series. That's their marquee uh, tilt coming up. And then Long Beach State, like I said, top 15. And then uh, their, their first Big Ten series is against Michigan in Lincoln, and that's one of the co-Big Ten favorites uh, right now too. So, you know, I think you can kind of look at it in a couple of ways. One, it's going to really be telling about where Nebraska stands with this with this team, how they've come along. Um, but but I think also, you know, we see it in college baseball a lot, especially from Big Ten teams and Northern teams. Is this is the time of year when you really build your postseason resume? I mean, you get to April and May and you're playing Creighton and you're playing Michigan State and you're playing Illinois. That's not going to move the needle much in terms of your RPI and in terms of, uh, you know, what the selection committee will consider. But these sort of weekends are big. I mean, what Nebraska does at TCU, Long Beach State, against some of the other top teams in the conference, that's where you sort of make your money um, or not. And so um, it's kind of it's kind of strange how that works sometimes, but I do think this next month or so for Nebraska is going to be really important as it tries to get back to a regional. And, and I also announced today, um, Coach Will Bold announced today that Jake, Jake Buns will miss the rest of the season with an arm injury. Uh, how much do you think that's going to hurt Nebraska? Yeah, it hurts. It, it was a tough blow, and we could kind of see that coming Saturday night just by the way that he left. Um, you know, he was a key part of the bullpen last year. He had 20 appearances. Nobody had more than he did. Um, he was a starter on some of those four-game weekends. He was an eighth-inning guy a lot. I think he closed on occasion when he needed to do that. So he was really versatile for them, big personality. Uh, so you hate to see – anyone go down with that kind of an injury um we didn't really know necessarily what his role was going to be this year probably more of the same where he could have been potentially a midweek starter he could have uh eaten some some uh, high leverage innings laid out of the bullpen uh and so now he's he's out again and it's a tough deal especially when you consider he's already had tommy john surgery once and so if that's something that uh, he needs to undergo again I mean, that's just its a long road back from it, but by all accounts, and Will Bolt said this today, I mean, Jake Buns is a baseball player. He's a guy who's going to grind it out, who loves the game. He's technically a senior, but he can come back uh, next year potentially and be a factor. I mean, Tommy John, the recovery process from that particular injury, if that's what it is, 
isn't what it used to be. So, yeah. um, you know, assuming that that's his situation and he's able to address it soon, he could still be a factor next year. But definitely a tough blow for the uh, blow for the bullpen and what they wanted to do with him. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. He had a good live arm, and, and just his versatility in the in, in 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 the pitching core was something that was valuable. So that's good, good stuff, Evan. Um, we we picked up a, a recruit, man. Uh, it looks like out of the quarterback room again. It's it's a full room. I mean, they may they may have to uh, petition for uh, some extra space uh, now that they have all these recruits up in there. William Watson, <laughs> the third. We picked up a, a three star recruit out of Massachusetts, man. That's kind of uh, been someone that uh, Whipple has followed since he was in junior high, and and so he is an opportunity to to draw him in. Looks like he's they they solidified him over some great Power Five schools, uh, some of them being Oregon, uh, Arizona, Boston College, Michigan, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. So he's got a couple of SEC schools. Kentucky's in there as well. What's your thoughts about his potential? and possibilities of jumping in this race, or you think it's just a, a somebody that Whipple may look to groom, kind of get his feet in, get used to what's going on down there in Lincoln before they uh, release him to, to get into the fight? Yeah, there are a lot of, I think, interesting things about William Watson's commitment. I mean, you mentioned the offers that he had. For one, that to me signals, I mean, he was a true national recruit, right? Like he wasn't, these weren't just Northeast offers. He was getting yeah. uh, looks from the West Coast, from the South, from all over the place. So a lot of teams saw something in him. Um, but, you know, Whipple has, he was a big part in why Chubba Purdy came to Nebraska out of the portal. And so we got a little bit of a clue at that time uh, about what kind of quarterback and maybe what kind of offense he wanted to run. And I think when you bring in William Watson and you look what he's done on tape, you get a little bit maybe more of a sense of what Nebraska could do moving forward. I mean, Watson um, is a guy who, who is a true dual threat. He can run. You, you see that all over his huddle film. But he's got, uh, you know, passing is where it really is for him. And, and finding some of those high-accuracy quarterbacks is a big part of what – uh, Nebraska and Mark Whipple want to do moving forward and you know a lot's been said about his ranking uh, and the fact that he's a three-star kid but you know you read some of uh, the stuff from his own uh, from, from some media folks back where he's from in Massachusetts I think it's fair to say that if, if Watson were you know three inches taller he would be getting offers from the best programs around the country I mean he's six foot there are a lot of programs out there that have said oh man uh, you're just a little bit short, but he's, he, you know, the fact is he has produced every time he's been on the field. He's won three state championships as the starter with his high school team. All he does is is win um, and score points. And so, you know, this is I think this is just the kind of guy that you want to find if you're in Nebraska, where uh, you know maybe you acknowledge that hey, you're a, if you're a uh, you're not going to get all the five star top end guys um, in the cycle, but if you can find a guy who's a little shorter and who's overlooked by some other programs, and you can develop that guy, um, you know, I think a lot can come from that. So uh, I think really interesting uh, commitment, and a high upside kid. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. 
Well, I, I thought it was interesting, too, because usually you just do a, you know, it, it, usually it's a one quarterback uh, commit per class. Um, sometimes, the, you know, teams will go out there and grab two of them. Nowadays, who knows with the portal and everything that goes on, it's going to be it's going to be hard. I mean, do, do you think that these um, I guess these commitments from freshmen have as big an impact um, maybe as they had in the past? Because, I mean, it, it, it's a huge deal that, like, like I said, the one quarterback per class, usually it's kind of the headline of your class. Um, but nowadays, I guess just just based on this past year and looking at everything that's going on over the last several years, um, a lot of big-time programs are picking up their quarterbacks out of the portal more so than as freshmen. Yeah, I mean, it does change the tenor of things a little bit. I think there was some stat that, you know, if you're a four-star quarterback, uh, you know, like half of them or more have entered the portal, uh, you know, and changed schools from what their original commitments are. So, there's certainly that realization out there and i mean you look at nebraska's room right now they have they already have five scholarship players and you break it down in theory all of them could be back by the time william watson gets to campus i mean casey thompson's just a junior by eligibility this year and and you know i think it's just sort of the reality in college football now that uh if you build up your quarterback room it's it's sort of inevitable that somebody's going to leave and so um, you know, maybe that'll be the case for Nebraska after the spring when the writing's on the wall for somebody. Maybe that'll be the case, you know, after next season. But um, it, the fact is that Nebraska under Scott Frost has always wanted to have a big quarterback room. They've, they've always been that way. And, and their sort of their uh, approach has been to offer a handful of kids in each class and then say, hey, if you're ready to pull the trigger, it's kind of a first come, first serve sort of deal and you know Watson was the guy who was ready to do that and they had some other offers out to some other guys but he was the one who who jumped in the boat so um, I, you know whether he ends up being the guy for Nebraska in two or three or four years is so hard to say because of the portal but again this is someone who um, unlike the portal um, you, you don't have to develop a sort of a shotgun relationship with he's like you guys have said he's known Mark Whipple for many years uh, I think it was interesting too that Nebraska and Scott Frost were interested in William Watson before Mark Whipple joined the staff too so there was some mutual interest uh, kind of both ways and they feel like they know each other well enough to have some success down the road. And one final question for you, Evan, before we get you out here. we got to get your opinion on the Husker basketball team. Obviously, things not going well over there at Pinnacle Bank Arena or wherever they play. Last night, Welsh Ryan Arena. Um, losing to Northwestern, falling to 7-20 and 1-15 and and in the Big Ten. Um, just a lot of a lot of conversations and, and, and rumors circulating about, um, you know, Fred Hoiberg's job status. At this point, you know, the, with that huge buyout, do you think um, that it's more likely that Hoiberg is – retained or do you think that there's uh, more likely of a possibility that Nebraska could be uh, out there looking for another coach at the end of this thing yeah that's the big question isn't it I mean what do you do do you do you pay the 18 million uh, or do you roll it back and hope that more of the same uh, turns into something different with some of the recruits they have and um, you know this idea that maybe with some assistant coaching changes and some more roster turnover things would change I don't have, I mean I, I I don't have the answer to it. It's a hard position to be in especially when you consider that if you do bring him back uh, and things don't go well next year it's still a 15 million dollar buyout and then you're another year deep uh, potentially into alienating your fan base and and building up that frustration as well. So 
Um, you know, I, I think if, if you had a game plan moving forward, maybe that would be a factor. I've heard some speculation that maybe because of the new uh, upcoming media rights deals that the, the Big Ten is going to sign, and, and that will increase the, the revenue that each school gets from, you know, low $50 million to upwards of 70 or more uh, million per year per school. Maybe that would make a difference or factor into the decision to down the stretch. Um, but it's, it's just tough because, uh, I, you know, if you really feel like – this program is losing traction if you feel like you're losing season ticket holders and you're losing fans then the difference in three million dollars probably can't be that uh you know can't be that important to you i think it's you have to you have to build that hope you have to uh have supporters you have to have fannies in the seats and if you don't have that then i'm not sure what good that money is going to do so uh, it's a tough decision ahead i wouldn't want to be the one making it um but it does seem like maybe kind of the soul of the program is a little bit more important than the bottom line right now. Yeah, that, that's kind of the feeling that I'm starting to get to uh, around that decision. He's Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Evan, thanks again for, uh, for joining us today here on The Block. Thanks as always, guys. All right, there he goes, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. It is that time of the day. It's time for a shootout with Strick. Give us a call, 402-464-5685. The first one in line will have a chance in at $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. All you have to do is beat Eric Strickland in a shootout game show format that we have here. Uh, this uh, Today's topic is going to be last night's game against Northwestern. So maybe do a little bit of your homework during the break, try to figure it out. But uh, that's what's coming up next here is Shootout with Strick on, on the Block on 93.7 The Ticket. Mm-hmm. 